Um, if, if you wouldn't mind, go ahead and turn to Luke chapter 19. Uh, we'll get into the notes. If, if you're new here, if you haven't uh, been here before, this is The Well. My name's Matt Brocker. Um, I'm one of the pastors on staff here at the church. And the way we usually do this, uh, there are study sheets. If you didn't get one, we've got some extras on the, the little table out here. And uh, you can just kind of follow along as we go in the notes. If, if you want to flip to the verses that are on that page, that's awesome. Um, if you'd rather just look on the screen, they'll be up there as well. And uh, we'll kind of just make our way through this sheet and uh, do a little Bible study together. Um, what we've been doing is, is we, we've been splitting up. The ladies stayed over here. Us fellows walked over to the barn and, and had some time together. And, and we were kind of talking about the same things. Um, Jenny was teaching about being sober-minded. And, and we fellows were, were talking about and learning about taking captive the, the thoughts that come into our minds as well. And we were trying to hit those issues from the perspective that, that we deal with them. And ladies, you have already figured this out because you're way smarter than us, but you look at life a little bit differently than we do. One of these days, all of us guys will realize that too. And we'll be like, oh, I didn't know anybody thought like that. You know, this is, this is what happens when we get married. We're like, huh, I just didn't know that. You know, I didn't know there was another perspective to things than my own <laughs> selfish one. I, I just didn't know. And so it, it usually comes on us a little bit late and a little bit slow, but bear with us. We'll get there. Um, so anyways, we, we specifically purposefully wanted to look at those same types of issues from, from your perspective, ladies. And that's why you didn't have to listen to me talk about that, because Jenny knows all that stuff, and, and she can be a, a big help. And, and us fellas, you know, I'm, I'm just as... Dumb as the rest of you guys, and so, you know, hopefully, Amen. hopefully I can save you from some of the mistakes that I've made, and you'll be smarter by listening to me and, and learning from my failure, and that'd be awesome. Uh, we'll praise the Lord for that, so. Wisdom comes from learning from, from mistakes. If you learn from mine, instead of making them yourself, you're just all the more wise. That's, that, that's a good thing, right? Uh, so you want to do that. Uh, tonight, um, we're, we're going to try to put a, a bow on all of this stuff. We're going to talk about accountability uh, because we've learned some really important things on how we should be looking at life and should be looking at the struggles that, that we go through. Uh, but we want to hold each other accountable so that we can be successful in, in seeing life that way and we can continue that walk and perspective. Uh, sometimes it's, it's easy to be motivated right after a message, or you heard something, and it's like, yeah, man, I need to do that. I want to be like that. I, I want to walk that way and talk that way. I want my life to line up with that. Well, three weeks down the road, life has hit you fast, three weeks consecutive, and, and I know there was something really moving a couple of weeks ago, but uh, I don't know what that was anymore, right? That's, that's just the way life goes, and so if you have somebody else in your life that, that wants the same things, you can use one another in, in a positive way to, to motivate each other to keep walking with Christ and keep walking the way we ought to walk. And so uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit tonight. I'm going to try to make it quick, and I, I do have some, have some ladies' discussion questions and some, some fellas. Notice the ladies are longer because y'all are just more complex in a good way. Uh, you, can, you can handle the fourth question is basically what I'm saying. You know, so we'll, we'll probably only make it to the second one anyway, fellas, but that's okay. I want to start with Psalm 144, verse 3, and I think this is, this is just an incredible verse. Um, the psalmist says, Lord, what is man 
that thou takest knowledge of him? Or the son of man, that thou makest account of him? And he's asking a question here, but he's got exclamation points. Because this is a really, really big statement. We, we are so minuscule when it comes to eternity and everything that God has created, but, but he takes notice. Right? He has a specific personal knowledge of you and your life and the issues you go through. He knows those things. He has knowledge of you, and, and, and he takes an account, is what this is saying. And ultimately, we all know that there's going to be a judgment. There's going to be a day before we, st- that we stand before him, and he's going to take account of the resources that he's provided us. Um, before we read Luke chapter 19, I want to pray, and, and the first blank is just going to be ready to give account. Uh, if you want to fill in your blank, then we'll pray. Ready to give account. We need to be ready. Uh, Lord, I'm, I'm thankful for your word. I'm thankful for everybody coming out tonight. I know it's kind of a crummy uh, weather type of night, and um, it, it, it always just is nice to stay indoors and stay dry and warm, and um, I'm thankful that we have this facility. We can do that here uh, together. Um, I pray for everyone here uh, that you would be helping us to, to be united with you and what you say accountability is, and uh, that we would be able to help one another to, to keep focus. Uh, I pray for those who are not here, uh, those who couldn't make it tonight or those who are away at college. Uh, I pray for everybody that uh, they would uh, know that uh, we miss them, we love them. Uh, we want them to understand these things too. We want to be here for them as well to, to hold them accountable uh, also. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd move in our hearts, you'd change us, help us to see your word uh, the way you mean it, and uh, help it to change our hearts. And I uh, pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. All right, so there's a, a long passage in Luke chapter 19. It just gives us uh, this whole uh, issue of accountability. It's, it's kind of a long passage to make a short point, but I think it makes it well. So follow along with me as we read in verse 11. Luke 19, 11, and it says, As they heard these things, he added and spake a parable. So this is Jesus speaking, and a parable is just a, a story with a, a very specific meaning to it. Uh, he's, he's teaching a lesson. Um, He says, because he was nigh to Jerusalem, or near to Jerusalem, and because they thought that the kingdom of God should immediately appear. He said, therefore, a certain nobleman went to a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. Uh, And he called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds and said unto them, occupy till I come, or or work until I return, is basically what he's saying. Invest this resource. Verse 14 says, But his citizens hated him and sent a messenger after him, saying, We will not have this man to reign over us. And it came to pass that when he was returned, having received the kingdom, then he commanded these servants to be called unto him, to whom he had given the money, that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. Then came the first, saying, Lord, thy pound hath gained ten pounds. And he said unto him, Well, thou good servant, because thou hast been faithful in very little, Uh, have thou authority over ten cities. So he gave him a resource, he came back and took account, and then he was rewarded accordingly to what he did with the resource that he was left. He says, the good servant, you've been faithful over little, have authority over ten cities. Uh, The second came, saying, Lord, thy pound hath gained five pounds, and he said likewise to him, be thou also over five cities. And another came, saying, Lord, Behold, here is thy pound, which I have kept, laid up in a napkin. For I feared thee, 
because thou art an austere man, that thou takest up that thou layest not down, and reapest that thou didst not sow. And he said unto him, or saith unto him, Out of thine own mouth will I judge thee, thou wicked servant. Thou knewest that I was an austere man, taking up that I laid not down, and reaping that I did not sow. Wherefore then gavest not thou my money into the bank, that at my coming I might have required mine own with usury? Why didn't you just stick it in the bank, the bank and gain interest and give me back more than what I gave you to begin with? Instead, you hid it away and did nothing with it, is basically what he's saying. And so, uh, <clears throat> verse 24, And he said unto them that stood by, Take from him the pound, and give it to him that hath ten pounds. And then he said unto him, Lord, he hath ten pounds. Like, well, why would you give him more? For I say unto you that unto everyone which hath shall be given, and from him that hath not, even that he hath, shall be taken away from him. But those mine enemies, which would not that I should reign over them, bring hither and slay them before me. Now, there's a ton of stuff we can't get into the details of. This is, this is a picture. This is explaining Jesus Christ going away to heaven. He's going to bring back the kingdom with him, and he's going to take account. We're going to stand at judgment. We're going to see some more verses that are going to lay that out. That's what this is talking about. He, he told it in a parable because... He wanted some people to understand it, and he wanted the prideful to not have a clue what he was talking about, because that's just the way he was dealing with them at the time. And so what he was saying is, if I've given you a resource and you've squandered it, I'm going to take the blessings that were meant for you, and I'm going to give them to somebody else who did not squander what I gave them. That's the point of the whole passage. It's, it's a long passage to make a short point, that accountability is when someone has the ability to come and check on the resources they left you and see what you're doing with them. He's got the visibility, he's got the right to do so, and when he takes account, what happens? Consequences, positive or negative. And every time we see somebody taking account in Scripture, there are results. There, there's, a, there's a payoff, or they're taking your payoff and giving it to somebody else. Or there's consequences for the the lack of production or the sin that, that took its place. And so this, this story shows the nobleman coming back to three individuals, calling them into account regarding the resources that they were left with. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verses 8 through 11 puts it this way. It says, We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Wherefore, we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. How many? All of us are, if you're in Christ, if you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, you will appear before him in judgment at what is called this judgment seat of Christ. If you don't know Christ as your Savior, there's a different judgment. It's, it's a judgment you don't want to be a part of. He says that everyone may receive the things done in his body according that he hath done, whether it be good or bad, knowing the terror of or therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are made manifest unto God. And I trust also are made manifest in your consciences. And so he's saying we're going to give account of what we've done in this body, whether we've used the resources the Lord has given us and invested them in other people, or if we've squandered them or wasted them, what we've done good or bad. And so, you know, I've said this before, and I do believe that it's a, a critical turning point for anyone that wants to continue in their growth 
in the Lord. We need to stop spending all of our energy trying not to sin. Right? You shouldn't sin. All right? I, I, I understand. And I understand that it's a fight. And I understand it's difficult. And certain sins have more control over us than others. Uh, any that has legit control over you is, is because you're believing a lie. We know that to be true. But if we're going to if we're going to turn the corner in whatever your besetting sin is, it's going to be because you start doing what you're supposed to do, not because you've spent a whole lot of extra time trying not to do what you're not supposed to do. Does that make sense? I mean, we, we exhaust ourselves. Uh, I, I was listening to the podcast and, uh, that, that Jeff and Troy and Brett put together, and, and Brett was talking about Everybody Loves Raymond. And he was, he was explaining, you know, Men's struggle with the things that we struggle with. The, the mental struggle of what pops in there and stays in there. And he was explaining it to his wife and he said, well, you know, I'll, I'll explain it to you. It's like zebras. And, and zebras, what, what are you talking about? If you've ever seen the show, you know, his wife just kind of makes him look like the idiot that he is. That's, that's kind of what they want to communicate. But it's like zebras. And she's like, how is it like zebras? Don't think about zebras. And now you know what happens in a man's mind, right? <laughs> Stuff just pops in there and it stays there. When you, and you try not to think about it and you're thinking about it. And when you're, when you're trying not to not think about it, it's still in there. And, and if that's, that's the way we're going to deal with any sins, well, it's never going to go away if you only always just try not to do what you're not supposed to do. We need to get active and start doing what the Lord has called us to do. And you won't have the time or the energy or the desire to do any of those other things anyway. We'll get to that. Romans 14 uh, expresses this similar thought and, and a little bit different, but, but it's pretty, pretty much the same. Romans 14, 10 through 12, it says, But why dost thou judge thy brother? Or why dost thou set it not thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. There is coming a day. If, if we can have the right focus and keep it that way, we'll, we'll be more like what Paul describes in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 7 and 8. He says, So that ye come behind in no gift, waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall also confirm you unto the end, that ye may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wouldn't that be an awesome thing to be able to stand blameless? Because you you were faithful with the resources that he gave you. Yes, you made mistakes, but you didn't quit. And you continued to be faithful, and you continued to be faithful, and you fell down, but you got back up, and you continued to be faithful. And when he came back, he found you faithful, as opposed to on your face and quit. Or it was just too hard, and I couldn't beat this, and I couldn't beat that, and so I gave up. Uh, another explanation of this same day when, when this judgment will happen. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 10 through 15 says, According to the grace of God, which is given unto me, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, another buildeth thereup, or thereon, but let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. The foundation of your faith is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, 
Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. He's saying, what, what are the things you're building? Are you building according to righteousness, according to the things you're supposed to do? Gold and silver and precious stones. What happens when you add heat and pressure to gold and silver? They're, they're purified, right? They melts and the, purif- the impurifications come to the top and you clean them off. What happens when you burn wood, hay, and stubble? They, they disintegrate. They turn to, to dust, to ash. Every man's work shall be made manifest. It will be made evident of what you are doing with your resources. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. So we began this, this whole year asking the Lord to establish the work of our hands. And we want the work of our hands, we want the things that we're involved in in this life to be the things that the Lord has asked us to do. We want him to, to direct us and show us where he's at work so we can join him. Uh, we don't want to labor in vain. And so, you know, we want to keep focus on that judgment seat. And there's, there's nothing, there's no other motivation that, that helps to keep you on track than knowing, man, there's coming a day when, when he's going to say, man, I gave you my spirit, what'd you do with it? I, I gave you my word, who'd you share it with? I gave you the, the fruit of the Spirit. What would you do with that? Whose life did you invest that in? Or did you just get your ticket out of hell and, and that was good enough? And I, I don't want to have to be, <laughs> I don't want to have to answer for that the wrong way. And so we, we need to help each other keep this you know, in the forefront of our mind and and filter the things that we do and the things that we say and the life that we live through those thoughts. That, that, true, uh, that truth that is going to come to us. Um, so, point two, very quickly, I think it's important to, to look at, you know, wh- he's going to take an account, but what counts? What's he looking at? What's he going to measure? What are the things? There's, this is not a complete list. These are just some general um, categories. Some of the resources that he has provided us with that he's going to take account of. First uh, Corinthians four one says, "Let a man so account of us, as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God." Now we don't have time to do a, a study on the mysteries of God, but there's seven specific mysteries in the New Testament, and what a mystery is 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 not necessarily something that's mysterious or unknowable. It's it's something that in the Old Testament economy was unknown, but now is completely understood because of the New Testament scripture that we have. Because of what Jesus Christ did and, and the, the New Testament that was laid out for us, we can fully understand these seven mysteries. And it says here that not only can we understand them, we're actually responsible to know them. And, and it's really interesting. You get into the different mysteries and all seven of them will help you stay away from some major false doctrine. You get them messed up, and you're going to get something really important messed up according to what God is directing us. And again, we don't, we don't have time to get into those, but uh, maybe that'll be a, a study that'll come up as we, we go through Galatians or something. Uh, Hebrews 13, verses 16 and 17 says, But to do good and to communicate, forget not. 
For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls as they that must give account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. So, it's all about, you're going to give account on how you lead and how you follow. The authorities and, and people that you're responsible for in this life. Both how you lead and how you follow. He says, they watch for your souls as those that must give an account. And if they give an account and you have not followed what they've instructed according to the word of God, well, that's not good for you. You know, if, if I have the opportunity to invest the word of God in your life and you say, yeah, I'm not going to obey that. And the Lord asks me, well, did you tell him? I told him. Okay, it's not going to be good for you, is what it's saying. It's not that I'm going to be punished because you didn't obey it. I am accountable to let you know what God says. You and I are accountable to obey it ourselves. So that's the responsibility. So we've, we've got to give an account to, to leading and following. Uh, Galatians 3.6 says, Even as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. God said, on Abraham's account... Faith is what I wanted. That's what I took account of for Abraham, and I counted that as righteousness. So our faith, our belief in what God said, is going to t- he's going to take that into account. Do we believe what God said or not? 1 Thessalonians 2.4, But as we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God which trieth our hearts. We've been put in trust with the gospel, he's going to ask us, what did you do with my gospel? Did you share it with anybody? Um, this is what Second Corinthians calls the ministry of reconciliation. Our relationship with God has been broken because of our sins. It can be reconciled back because of what Jesus Christ did for us. Philippians 4, 17 says, Not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. So Paul here is, is specifically talking about giving. And so what other resources is he asking you to provide uh, so that you know, your ministry of reconciliation go, can go beyond where your voice can reach? Are you investing in kale or other missionaries that we have? Uh, Vinny was just talking about the, the Reach Missions Conference. We're, we're going to have an opportunity to, to support as a church two new guys that, that we currently don't support. They're going to come and share their stories with us and, and the ministries they're, they're a part of, and it's going to be a, an awesome thing because we, as First Baptist Church, are going to get to minister in new places in the world through those guys. We're, we're going to have fruit abounding to our account when, when the Lord says, what would you do with your resources? Well, man, I put them, I put them in Africa through this guy, and, and I, I put them in Albania through this other guy. And I sent money here, and he was able to, to send the gospel you know, all around the world, hungry with kale. It's, it's, that's what we're going to take account. He's going to say, fruit is going to abound to your account because you spread your resources out where God's men and women were at work. I want to give account. I want, I want fruit on my account. I think that's an awesome thing. So you also give account for what you have allowed into your mind. This is the study that we've been doing this, this week or this month. What do you allow in your mind? What do you put in there on purpose? Those are the things that we've been working on and 
again, we want, we want to help one another to, to keep reminding ourselves, to keep ourselves focused on how this world's input can affect our mind and how God's word can properly wash it and make it righteous. And that's what we've been studying. And so uh, this third point, and, and we'll try to make this quick so that we can have some discussion time. I just called it, You've Got a Friend in Me. And if you've ever seen Toy Story, you've, you've got the song in your head now. And so Mark will be singing that tomorrow <laughs> to the kid. You mean I'm singing it right now, but I, every time I saw it today, I was, I was you got a friend in me. I almost, I almost looked it up on Spotify and listened to it just because, but I was like, yeah, you know. I don't. Anyways, you got a friend in me. So it's, this, is, this is accountability. We're going to give account. Who do you give account to? Well, ultimately, you're going to give account to Jesus Christ at the judgment seat. If you refuse him in this life, you'll give account to God the Father, and it'll be a really bad day for you because that'll be the first day of, of eternity separated from God. It'll be an awful experience. But through Christ, we're going to have a judgment to where he's going to take account of the resources. Again, I, I listed just some of them. There's a whole lot more that he's provided us that, uh, that, that, that weren't in those verses. Those were just a few examples. Ecclesiastes 4, 9, and 9 through 12 says, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. Man, that's, that's what we want, right? We want a good reward because we worked together for the right things. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone when he falleth for he hath not another to help him up. And this life is hard, and it is easy to fall off the track and fall off course and get distracted and get defeated and discouraged, all, all those D words. It is really easy to have a hard time in life. It's so much better when you have somebody there to help you get up and stop feeling sorry for yourself sometimes or somebody to get down with you and feel sorry for you because you need it. And they can say, hey, let's stand up now. Let's, let's stop feeling sorry for a little bit, and, and, and let's, let's go follow the Lord. We need other people. God has not called us to live this Christian life alone. That's miserable. Nobody wants to be alone. And so he's saying two are better than one. It's obvious. Uh, again, if two lie together, then they have heat. But how can one be warm alone? Uh, and if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. So the New Testament is full of one another commands. You should look that up sometime. I didn't really put any on here. Look up the, the words one another when they're together in Scripture. There's all kinds of different things that, that the Lord, through Paul specifically, a lot of times is saying, you know, love one another, care for one another, all of these different things. This is, not a, this is not a solo mission. We're not supposed to do this thing alone. If you can find someone to pick you up when you fall or to comfort you when life gets cold, then you have something very valuable. And this works two ways, though. You need to be that for that other individual when they're down as well. It, it, it happens like this in my household a lot of times with my wife. Most of the time... It's only one of us that's grouchy. And we may have both of us grouchy, and that's a bad day because neither one of us is patient, and it goes back and forth, right? But most of the time, one of us is like, okay, I see, I see what's going on. 
I can rise above that. Okay, so, all right, so most of the time it's her. I'm, I'm grumpy most of the time, okay? She's the positive one, and I'm, you know, I'm more gravity that day, I guess. I don't know. Things are heavier. Uh, it's harder carrying this guy around, I guess. But it's nice when you're dealing with the kids, if one of you's got a sane view on life, to help them have the right view on life, too. But if you're both having that bad day, and they come to dad and he lashes out, and they go to mom and she lashes out, and then they go to bed grumpy. I mean, it's just, it's just a whole, whole cycle there. It's great to work together as a team. One of the kids will misbehave, and, and you know, I'll have that look on my face, and I'll be storming down the hall, and she'll say, hey, do you need me to go? No, nah, you're right. You're right. I won't kill him today. <laughs> you know, you just have that. You have somebody there to throw out a check and say, hey, uh, you all right? Nope, you better go. I'm going to start sticking kids to walls or something. I don't, yeah, I'm in a bad mood. I can't do it. Whatever. I don't do that. But maybe that dog, that dog might get stuck to the wall one of these days. <laughs> I, I promise to be nice. I won't hurt the dog. I just want to. It doesn't get any smarter. It just keeps doing the same things. Anyway, at least the kids get smarter. Sometimes they stop doing stuff. It's awesome because we're a team. We help each other out. We, we don't let each other go too far. Right? That's, that's the point of a team. Don't, don't let somebody get too far into the depression or whatever. But it's, it, it works both ways. There are times when she has a ba- bad day, she needs me to be up. I need to lead. That needs to be more often. Proverbs 20, verse 6. Most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness, but a faithful man who can find so, I've already said, you need somebody. Well, the fact of the matter is, it's hard to find somebody that you can count on. Now, we can sit around feeling sorry for ourselves, and we're lonely, and we don't have, and we don't, can't find, and, and whatever. But Proverbs eighteen twenty four says, A man that hath friends must show himself friendly. And there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. So it's a two-way relationship, and if you want good friends... How do you start out? You've got to be a good friend. So if you're not a good friend, your chances of finding a good friend, you know, your, your odds just went down dramatically. You know, this life is lonely, and there aren't any good people out there, and nobody thinks like I do, and boo-hoo, and poor me. And, you know, and that's, that's what we all do in, in different, different times of life. And, and again, t- being lonely is a terrible feeling. Nobody wants to be lonely. There's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Man, closer than blood. That's that's what you should have in your church body. It's not just about one-way accountability either. It, It should work both ways. I should be able to help you, and you should be able to help me. You should be able to challenge me with your faith, and and you be challenged by mine. Um. If, if it's just a one-way accountability, you know what that is? That's, that's confessional. And it's really not that helpful. Because you can come to me and ask for me to hold you accountable, and, and, and I can try. But if, if I just ask you and you've done wrong and you haven't done what you're supposed to be doing, and, man, that was really shameful, I hated admitting that out loud, and you know what it is the next time you do that? It's easier. 
to let me down. And the time after that, it's easier and it's easier and it's easier because I'm not God. And I can't take away your sins. And I also can't keep you from sinning. So if you're going to come to me and I'm a pastor and, man, I, I know what will get me to stop sinning. I'll have the pastor hold me accountable. Accountability does not stop you from sinning. And if it does, it's because you're so constricted in a box that you're not allowed to do anything. You have no freedom or liberty. And, and you, that's just, you're never going to grow. You're going to be immature the rest of your life because you have dad there who won't let you sin the rest of your life. You'll never mature. You're going to stay an immature Christian the rest of your life because dad won't allow you to do this or that or that. Now, there are times in your life when there are struggles that you need help with. So be realistic and ask for help. Be adult enough to admit, I don't have this thing under control. That, that's, that's fine. And there will be times that you need to have some restrictions in your life. You may need restrictions the rest of your life so that you don't get caught up in things that, that will keep you distracted. <clears throat> but if it's always just a one-way thing, that guy keeps me from sinning. That's, that's God's job. That's the spirit of God's job to keep you from sinning. And if you're spending your efforts and energies together with somebody else to both walk towards the direction that God's walking, you'll be, you'll be growing. You'll, you'll get some victories out of that. But if you're always just dependent on somebody keeping you from sinning, you know, it's better than sinning. It's just not what God intended. It's certainly better than living a life of sin. There's no doubt about that. Proverbs 27.6 says faithful. Remember, it was difficult to find someone who's faithful. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. It's, it's hard to find somebody who loves you enough to hurt you for the right reason. Most everybody just wants to hurt you because they're selfish because it benefits them. When you hurt, I feel a little bit better about myself. Just wanted to drag you down to my level. That's, that's just hum, that's human nature. We do those ugly things. Um, <clears throat> when you find someone you can trust, if they've chosen to be honest with you about something difficult, it's because they want you to increase your faithfulness to the Lord. If, if you found someone faithful and they're willing to hurt you for the right reason, it's because you're not being faithful at the time. That's what you need in your life. That's what I need in my life. I need somebody to hold me accountable who runs counter to my fleshly desires. I, I want somebody in my life to, to run the opposite of what my flesh naturally wants to do. The consistent pattern of their life, man, that, that's the guy I want to I walk with that guy. Because he's, doing, he's going the direction the Lord's going. Nobody's flesh wants to go the way the Lord's going, but some people are taking steps to walk with the Lord. I want to walk with that guy as he walks with the Lord. And that's what you ought to want. Proverbs 27, 9. Ointment and perfume rejoice the heart. So doth the sweetness of a man's friend by hearty counsel. When you find a friend that you can trust, their counsel will be sweet eventually, even if it starts off by hurting. It's going to be sweet eventually because they've turned you around to go the right direction. Maybe with some hard things that you've talked about. 
Proverbs 27, 17, iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. Again, this is a two-way benefit. Which one of you is iron? Well, both of you are in, in this. Which one sharpens which one? Well, both of you sharpen each other. Sometimes you're the, the sharpening stone, and sometimes you're the blade. You, you sharpen one another. It should be beneficial to both of you. Proverbs 17, 17, A friend loveth at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. Man, I, I want those kind of guys. James 5, 16 uh, is not on your sheet. It's not on the, the screen either if you want to write that down. James 5, 16. This is one of those uh, one another verses. It says, confess your faults one to another. So is this, this a one-way relationship? No, this is one to another. It's, it's back and forth. You know? Admit that you're human one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And I, I want righteous men praying for me. They don't know to pray for me unless they know what's wrong with me. And I'm not letting everybody in. That's just a fact. And you shouldn't either. You should find a friend who is faithful and righteous and you can trust them with the, the riches of your life, the things that really matter. So what I'm not suggesting is that you just, you know, get a group of 10 of, you know, people that you know that are the same sex and you know, here, here's all my garbage. Hold me accountable. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> That's a bad idea. It really is not wise. You need somebody who you can trust, who's heading the same direction the Lord's heading, who can say, hey man, you doing Okay. Are you in the word? Are you walking with the Lord? I am today, man. Check this out. This is what God has been teaching me. You know what? No, no, I haven't been. Thanks for asking. Hey, man, join me. I, this is what I've been studying. This is what I've seen. This is what God's hitting me with. Maybe you can use this too. We'll wrap this up. Uh, where we're going next? Next week, we're going to have an activity hangout. Fun night here. It's going to be a good time just hanging around each other, getting to know each other better, building friendships. Um, we're going to have snacks, music, one another. It's going to be a good time. I'll be here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I might have just ruined the, the, the attendance. Depending on whether that's a good idea, maybe I won't be. Uh, the week, the week after that is REACH, the REACH conference, so we're, we're not meeting in here on March 10th. Uh, the following week, I'm going to be in Atlanta for the Discipleship Conference, um, and Josh Irvin is going to be bringing a message that night, so I think that'll be a good time. Um, after all of that, sometime in the future, um, we'll get back into the book of Galatians. And, and I think the, the timeout that we took here is going to dovetail very well in the rest of the things that we get into in that book. Um, Galatians chapter 5, we won't get to chapter 5 for a little bit, but uh, it should be on the screen there, verses 16 through 18. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. If you have someone that's going to hold you accountable, have them hold you accountable to that right there. We'll get into the details and the specifics of what that means and how it plays out, but 
But if you have somebody holding you accountable to walking in the Spirit, again, we'll, we'll talk about what that means, walking in agreement with the Lord, it says you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. If you're doing that, it's mathematically impossible. It's what I've been saying to the guys each week. This is your guarantee. Walk in the Spirit, and you will not walk in the lust of the flesh. You won't fulfill it. You'll be too busy and distracted by following and walking in agreement with the Lord that you won't have the time, you won't have the energy, you won't have the desire. You'll be with the Lord, and He doesn't sin, and He won't allow you to sin. Now, you cannot walk with the Lord. That doesn't mean you're automatically walking in sin, that, that you're going to fulfill the lust of the flesh in every moment of your life, but it is a guarantee the other way. I would say it's a guarantee eventually you will, but it doesn't, doesn't mean, you know, no, I haven't been walking with the Lord today. Well, let's, let's start walking, man. Let's do it. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. The things that your flesh wants to do. You cannot do those things if you're walking with the Lord. That's an awesome guarantee. It doesn't get any better than that. But if you be led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. So until we get back to Galatians, let's try to, to be living out what we've learned this month um, and applying this last passage. He, Hebrews chapter 10, 24 and 25 says, Let us consider one another, here's a, a one another verse, to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. The day approaching is that judgment. Let's, let's make sure that nobody else forgets either. I'm not going to forget. Don't you let me forget. Let's hold each other accountable that the day of the Lord is coming. And we've got to give an answer. And he's going to take account and he's going to measure what we've done with what he's provided. And when he comes, man, I want nothing more than for you to receive rewards. And you want that for me? That, that's accountability. Somebody that wants you to receive rewards and wants to receive rewards themselves. And when we receive those, Christ receives the glory for all of it. So I'm going to pray. Um, ladies, there's ladies' questions here. I'll, I'll put these on the, the, this table here. If you ladies want to go out, the fireplace is going. If you want to go out there and uh, do your groups out in the, the foyer, like you have been doing, that would be awesome. Us fellas can just stay in here. There's no reason to go across the, the it's not a frozen tundra, it's a puddles. Yes? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sign-up sheets. Uh, we'll keep, try to keep those moving. Um, I'll, I'll, do you guys know where the sign-up sheets are? Marisa has them, some of them, okay? So I expect to see your name on everything there, Marisa. All right. <laughs> I'll pray. Guys, uh, our questions are up here, so we can, you can split up in groups of maybe four or five, something like that. Um, and again, um, we're, just, we're just wanting to talk a little bit further about some of the things we've learned and how we can find somebody to hold us accountable, those types of things. Let's pray. And then uh, we'll split up. Lord, thank you again for your word. Thank you that um, you've shown us what it takes to be a righteous and a faithful man and woman. Um, we, we all 
I, I would assume we all want to be that, um, but life does get hard and it does get distracting and, and we all have flesh. And uh, we need one another's help to, to fight that off. And uh, we need one another's help a lot of times to be reminded uh, that it's so important to walk with you in righteousness. And we really do truly want to do that. And so I pray that you'd help each one of us to find that special friend or several friends that we can count on, that we can trust, that we can uh, a- allow them to come in and see that, man, we're, we're just as messed up as everybody else, but uh, we really do uh, want to clean our lives and we want them uh, to, to glorify you. And so just pray that you help us in that pursuit and uh, all of it for your glory. In Christ's name I pray, amen. All right, thank you guys. Fellas, the questions are up here. Uh, let's go until, it's 8.05 now, let's, uh, let's go 25, 30 minutes or so, if you can stay around that long.